WBEZ remains laser-focused on our mission to provide you with fact-based journalism. But that mission is only possible with your continued financial support. Become a sustaining contributor today. Give now at wbeasy.org slash donate. Good afternoon. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So on Monday, I talked to Brad Klontz about how we can adjust our personal psychology around money. Brad's a financial psychologist and professor at Creighton University's Hyder College of Business. He also puts out financial advice on TikTok and does research on what influences our decisions about money. Today, for part two of our conversation, we're going to go a little further with the issue beyond your psychology around money and get into the relationship between you, your kids, your partner and other folks around you about how money interacts with all that. Brad starts by explaining how they're all connected. Money intersects like every area of our life. It truly does. You know, it's one of the biggest stressors in a relationship. It's actually the number one cause of divorce in the first few years of marriage. Mm. Hey, there's, there's been some studies out there saying that, you know, there's no connection between money and happiness. You know, guess what? They're wrong. (laughs) Um, And actually a lot of those studies have been debunked over time because there is definitely a relationship with having money and being happier. And um, if you grew up poor, this isn't even a question for you, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not going to solve all your problems at the end of the day. We're human beings. We we struggle with meaning in life and purpose yes. and relationships. And money can aid you in addressing some of those questions, but it certainly doesn't solve it. As a matter of fact, I've seen a lot of people who end up with a ton of money and then they become massively depressed, not because they're ungrateful, but because they believed this lie that mm. once I have X amount of money in my bank account, oof, now my life is going to be great. And unfortunately, what they did along the way they sacrifice their relationship with their kids, their relationships with their, their health, right? Yeah. Because they're chasing this. Essentially, it's a lie. And so I, I'm a huge um, goal-directed person. I'm hustling. But I think the bigger issue is you have to enjoy the journey because that's all it is. Let me pose this question to you, actually, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Sure. Um, I talked with some of my colleagues about this you know, before I talked with you. And two separate people were like, look... I'm me and I got my my psychology and what I how I think about money. And then I got my my spouse, you know, and like they have their thing. You know, how how have you seen couples come into a relationship and come together and then bring the money conversation in? And when it comes in, they're like, I'm thinking about this way differently than you are. Maybe putting your terms two people with two different money scripts trying to coexist. Yeah. By the way, I think that's the norm. And so if a couple comes and says, you know, um, you know, we're, we don't really have any differing opinions around money. They're the weird ones. Okay. Just so you understand. So <laughs> okay. if you're, if you're in conflict with your partner around money, yes, you know, that welcome to the club because we do come from different families and we have different experiences, et cetera. Um, and typically when I've worked with couples, they're arguing about something, right? Um, how money they disagree about how money should be spent this way, that way, whatever. I almost don't even care what the issue is, to be honest, because, um, it's just a symptom of a bigger issue. And that issue is that they probably never talked about money. Mm. They don't even know themselves around money. They're not even aware of their own money scripts, let alone their partners. And so what I try to do is back them up to, I don't know, Aaron, is it date five? Are we going to talk about money on date five? Is that too early? Um, But we want to back up to that early in our relationship and start talking about what does money mean to you? What are your biggest financial goals? What are your biggest financial worries? What did your mom teach you about money? What did your dad teach you about money? How did you feel growing up 
around your socioeconomic status. What are your biggest financial goals, your biggest financial fears? And when couples do that, it does two things. Number one, it helps them understand their own psychology around money. Um, and it helps them understand their partner's psychology around money. Uh, the studies show that couples will fight about the same thing for seven years mm. before they end up in therapy talking about it. So couples who do make it to therapy, good for you, by the way, even though I hate going, um, <laughs> it's good for you. Um, but by the time you get there, people have been fighting for seven years. So people get really extreme positions, right? Let's say you're a saver and you're married to somebody who's a little bit more of a spender. All of a sudden you're like, we can spend no money on anything. You, all of a sudden the stuff comes out of your mouth. It's ridiculous. You dig your heels in. Yes. You're trying to balance out your anxiety about your partner. And so we get really, really extreme positions. And so that's the conversation we should have had early on. That's the conversation I want couples to have because I've noticed it sort of loosens things up because at the end of the day, a successful relationship is a series of successful negotiations. Now that does not sound very romantic, I'll admit, <laughs> <laughs> but that's basically how we make it work. I would love to know, you know, if, if you're talking with parents and talking with um, people who care for young people, what is a good time, would you say, and how to start talking with young people about money and, and helping them to understand, you know, maybe even breaking the cycle, you know, with yourself, with them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you can never really start too early mm. and, and you can do it in many ways. One of the big mistakes we make though, is because we're so stressed about money. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. Um, and so then we're not educating our kids. Yeah. And so it's okay to say, Hey, look, this is what I think you guys should do with money. I didn't do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. I'm doing it now. Um, like when you're, if you're going to buy a house, if you're going to buy a car, involve your kids in thinking about it, talking about huh. it. Um, you know, how, this is the car we're going to buy. This is the money we're saving for it. Let them in on the process. Yeah. Cause if kid, if all kids see is I want, I go get, <laughs> that's the lesson they're going to take with them. In, in, in behind the scenes, maybe you're saving, maybe you're comparison shopping, oh, yeah. you know, let them in on what's happening. Wow. You know, that makes me think of my mom when she bought her house. That was when, you know, one of the first times I remember I was 11, I was 10. And I remember that was one of the first conversations I remember having with her about money, you know, where she's like, OK, well, we're going to have to do this. And now our lives have changed. We're not renting anymore. We got to fix our own stuff. You know, <laughs> we got to mow our own lawn, um, you know, and, and you know, that was really valuable for me. I, I've never owned a house before, but it doesn't feel so daunting um, now that, you know, because I had that experience with her um, and not just watching from the outside looking in. That's right. And you don't have to have it all together to have those conversations with your kids. It's, it's really important to talk about your mistakes too. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to just ask you if there's anything else you want to put forth here. You know, I'd say that there's a lot of myths about the wealthy. And so one of the things I try to do on social media is dispel some of these myths because they're extremely disempowering. Mm -hmm. um, and as a lower income kid, you know, when I learned, for example, that 80 to 90% of millionaires in the United States are self-made. I was like, whoa, that's incredibly inspiring. Huh. Um, you know, most go to public school. Whoa, that's, I went to public school. <laughs> Maybe I could do this. Um, and so, you know, another, another myth that's out on social media, this one drives me nuts too, is like college isn't worth it anymore. Hey, and I'll, I'm gonna tell you this, I'm open-minded. When I see stuff like that, I go, I'm like, really, is that true? And then I go look and I'm like, eh, turns out that the median <laughs> college grad, so on average, they're making 1.2 million more during their lifetime. And by the way, that's like right now, that's not 20 years ago. Um, and so turns out education is worth it on average. Even with all the debt. 
<laughs> well, absolutely. So look, look, yeah. What's 1.2 million minus 40,000 in yeah. debt? You know, okay. that's pretty, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, your major does matter though, right? So that's mm. another part. You got to, now it's a business decision. You got to research that major because that matters. And so when you think that college doesn't matter, we're thinking only of a certain major or two that's not, may not be worth all that debt. So those, those types of things really, really important. And, and the psychology stuff is really important too. But I feel like this factual information around millionaires, very, very important for us to teach young people. Wow. Well, you are teaching young people and you're teaching me. Thank you so much. Brad Klontz is a financial psychologist and professor of practice at Creighton University's Hyder College of Business. Brad, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. And that's it for the rundown today. Big thanks to Justin Bull for producing this episode and Ariel Van Clee for her stellar editing on the show. I'm Erin Allen, and I'll be back in your ears early tomorrow morning. Talk to you then. Mm-hmm.